When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This special weekend, the hell with Super Wild Card Weekend. What a dud. What a crappy weekend it was last week. I mean, just go away. Oh my gosh. I can't. I just can't. So freaking bad. Listen, you know me. You know anything about me. You know I love the NFL. Love the fact that they went to 18 weeks. Love it, love it. More, I can't get enough, right? Can't get enough football. But dude, Steelers, Eagles, Patriots did not belong in the postseason. At, at least, the, at least the, the fourth team, I would say, is, is the Raiders, but they made it somewhat enjoyable in the last five, three minutes of the game. Questionable, questionable calls down the end. Okay, I get it, but... This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Man. Uh, and by the way, we got uh, Ty and Jake who are producing the show each and every Saturday, as they always do here on 98.7 ESPN. Gentlemen, please tell me we're in agreement here. I don't know about you guys, but four games, four of the six, I stopped watching at the half. I stopped. I was just like, no, you know what? Not for me. Well, Anita, yeah, I was going to say last week we made a whole big deal about it being super wild card weekend, and yeah. it was obviously just a huge Far disappointment. And, you know, Dave Rothenberg, who is one of the biggest football fans, you know, I know, he said at the Monday night game after a certain point, he turned it off and he said for him to do that, you know, it just showed what kind of weekend it was. And it was definitely a disappointment. But on the other side of things, I think this weekend is going to be a phenomenal weekend of football. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Just th- that's the only game he turned off because you could have turned off the Patriots game. You could have turned off the Eagles game. You certainly could have turned off the Pittsburgh Steeler game. And if not I for mean, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo vomiting all over themselves in that second half, we were on the doorstep of being able to turn that game off. The Cowboys were really, able to really make it interesting because just head coaching, you know, malpractice and Jimmy G just tr- literally trying to give the game away. But that was on the cusp of being a blowout as well. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Malpractice. I like that. It's, it's, it's a good description of it. That's for sure. So anyway, uh, out with the old, in with the new. And the new is this weekend's slate of games that starts today, this afternoon at 4.30. Cincinnati going up against the Tennessee Titans. And then later on uh, in the evening, uh, we've got uh, the 49ers going up against the Green Bay Packers. Weather conditions in Green Bay are supposed to be even worse than we saw in Buffalo. We'll see if that holds true. It was pretty cold in Buffalo. And then, uh, and then tomorrow, you know me, Ty. Can't wait to see Aaron Donald and those Rams boys get after Tom Brady behind a subpar offensive line. Uh, can't wait for that one. And then, of course, uh, we end with, let's be honest, it is the game of the week. Uh, I said this yesterday on our gambling show here on 98.70 ESPN. If, if, if Kansas City and the Bills were not in the same conference, this more than likely would be your Super Bowl. Um, it, it's it's going to be a good one. And, and, of course, as we know, it's the Buffalo Bills now traveling to Kansas City. Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. So four really good matchups. Hopefully none of us will be turning away or sh- shutting our TVs off at the half or maybe you've heard how great Yellowstone is. And maybe at some point in time last week you were like, you know what, Anita Marks talks a lot about Yellowstone. I might as well check that out because this game blows. So hopefully there will be none of that this weekend. Uh, in the NFL. All right, we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, We're going to do a deep dive into the playoffs. Again, as we know, we've got four games today. We've got two games today, two games tomorrow, four games total. We're still, by the way, side note, we'll be back with you tomorrow morning. I'm on at 7 a.m. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Matthias Kiwanuka joins me at 8. Mike Tannenbaum joins us at 10. So we'll be here for you tomorrow to recap today's games and, of course, preview tomorrow's games as well as talk about uh, the biggest storylines here in our own backyard, and that is that the Giants hired a new general manager in Joe Shane. Yay! Okay, exciting. Polar opposite, Right. Then Gettleman, that's for sure. Young, hip, stud, uh, innovative, forward thinker. What do we know about him? Okay, and by the way, uh, let me break down. I always like to break down the show so you know uh, who's going to be joining us in the next three hours. Cynthia Freeland, because she's on the NFL Network, she only has a certain window. So she's going to be joining us next. She'll be, she'll be popping on at, at 12.15. Uh, just FYI, I know we typically have her on at 1.30, but again, uh, today is a unique day. Jay Bromley, former Giant. Uh, is going to join us on the show. Ty booked him for the show, which is exciting. Exciting to talk to him, obviously, because uh, everything that's happened with the Giants in the last 24 hours. Uh, Teron Davenport, who covers the Tennessee Titans, I thought it'd be good to get him in 
the show because we have so many question marks about that Tennessee Titans offense, right? How much time are we going to see from Derrick Henry, especially if you want to play him in DFS and fantasy today? So excited to get him on. And, uh, and of course, as always, Joe Wiz will join us at 2.30 with his picks and plays. Joe Wiz has his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, so with all that, before we do bring in Cynthia and, and we really do a deep dive, I'm going to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Uh, Giants fans, I'm sure you want to chime in on this. What do we know about Joe Shane? This is what we do know. Started uh, as uh, an intern with the Carolina Panthers in their ticket department. And then, uh, and, then, and then eventually moved into their scouting department and then went to Miami and worked with Bill Parcells in Miami. Now, again, we have Mike Tannenbaum on the show. Uh, Ty, I'm just curious because I know you produce a lot of shows during the week. Do you know, did we have Mike Tannenbaum on, uh, on the program as, as, at, at all talking about Joe and, oh, and yes, his absolutely. time in Miami? Yes, he was on the K we show did. yesterday. We do have some audio from that interview that you can find in your email. Fantastic. Okay, so we're we're gonna we're gonna we'll play those clips from from Mike Mike Tannenbaum uh, coming your way in this hour as well. And I'm excited to to get him on the show tomorrow for our New York Game Day show because I'm sure he's got some really great insight uh, in regard to uh, Joe Shane. So uh, so he he was a part of the scouting department with Bill Parcells and obviously Mike Mike Tannenbaum while he was in Miami, and then Brandon Bean general manager of the Bills, swooped him up and said, hey, come with me, son, and was the assistant general manager to him uh, for the past uh, several years, five years, in, in Buffalo and was a very integral part of them drafting Josh Allen. Of course, as we know, the Bills got him this number seven pick overall after Gettleman passed on him and uh, went with Saquon Barkley with the number two overall pick. And just just so you know, going back to that draft, uh, my sources, quote unquote, uh, were telling me that uh, that Pat Shermer wanted Josh Allen. That's who Pat Shermer wanted to draft at two. Just so you know, uh, he was overruled, and uh, the Giants went with Saquon Barkley. So I, I really here's another thing. I really like the draft that the Bills had this past year. If you recall, I'm I'm, I'm a draft freak. And they drafted two defensive linemen, one by the name of Boogie Basham from Wake Forest and the other one, Greg Russo. And both these guys have contributed towards the tail end of the season as well as last week against the Patriots. They were in there in the second half and they were just wreaking havoc uh, against uh, Mac Jones and that Patriots offense. So I, I really I really like the, uh, the drafts that the Buffalo Bills have had and also the way that they utilize free agency, right? Like... Obviously, bringing in Stephon Diggs was night and day and really helped Josh Allen turn the corner and becoming the quarterback uh, that, that he was. And I'm sure, of course, that, uh, that Joe Shane was a, a part of making that trade deal happen as well. So a, a very impressive resume, to say the least. You know, you, you want a guy who comes in from the beginning, right? Uh, bought, like, you know, he works in the ticket office, really? He's an intern and worked his way up. Obviously, you know, hard worker. Uh, and, and also, oh, I want to share this this text message with you. Uh, if you recall, Vic Carucci is a very dear friend of mine. He's been covering the NFL forever and a day. And uh, I've known him for almost 20 years. And he now covers the Buffalo Bills. 
He's part of the Bills broadcast team. So as soon as this hire happened, I reached out to Vic. Hey, Vic, you know, thoughts on, on, on the Giants GM hire. This is, I'm, I'm reading verbatim. This is the text he sent back to me. Um, I think Joe is a really good hire, solid person, worked his way up from the bottom with Carolina, smart, has good vision, learned well from a bunch of people, and especially being in McDermott. Good communicator. So important. So uh, the feedback that I have been getting in regard to this hire has been nothing but positive, just FYI. And again, night and day from, uh, from uh, Gettleman, who was here, we know uh, his tenure, the Giants went 19 and 46. Uh, this will be, um, Shane will be the fifth manager, general manager, that the Giants have hired in the last 41 years. So uh, very, very interesting. Anyway. So we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Cynthia Freeland is going to join us on the program. We'll get her thoughts on the hire of Joe Shane. Also uh, leads to a second part of this conversation, and that is who's going to be the head coach. Now, Dable and, uh, and um, uh, Frazier were both interviewed. One was interviewed last night. The other one was interviewed this morning, and that had to happen because now moving forward – if you want to interview a coach who's on a team that's in the playoffs, you can't do it until the playoffs are over. So it was really crucial that Joe Shane and the Giants get their interviews in with the offensive and defensive uh, coordinators, Leslie Frazier, of course, and, and Dable, with the, with the Buffalo Bills, because if the Bills do win and beat Kansas City in advance, they won't be able to talk to them. If they continue to advance, they won't be able to talk to them or interview them until after the Super Bowl is over little caveat. That's why it was really important to get uh, Leslie and Dable in here before the Bills started their, uh, their, their week against Kansas City. So just FYI, a little news there. Flores, Dan Quinn, the other, the other two uh, coaches that are rumored out there to have interest, Giants having interest in them. So uh, does it come down to these four? It possibly might. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN. Especially going with an inexperienced GM, guys, like my list to me, it would scream experience. I would talk to Doug Peterson. I'd talk to Dan Quinn. I'd talk to Jim Caldwell for sure. I'd start with that list because those are guys, one won a Super Bowl, one went to a Super Bowl. Jim Caldwell is beyond reproach. And I think in New York, what this New York Giant franchise needs now is someone who's experienced, someone that's been successful, and those guys are really well regarded. And that's not to say that others couldn't do a good job. I would talk to Brian Flores as well because he may not have had the success of Dan Quinn or certainly Doug Peterson, but he did a very good job in Miami. He is from Brooklyn, played at Boston College, but I would want somebody that's done the job before. Again, Mike Tannenbaum talking about the uh, now part two, that the head coach search for Joe Shane and the Giants and, and who they're going to bring in. 800-919-3776. In the break, I asked Ty, hey, Ty, what do you think? Or, and, and Jake, what do you guys think about the halftime show? I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm excited for that. I don't normally get excited for the halftime show, right? Like, yeah, Madonna, Bruno Mars, of course, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, you know, I didn't get excited for, you know, McCarthy. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. I love the Beatles. Love the Beatles. Nothing like, you know, dancing around the house on a Saturday afternoon to the Beatles. Love it. But, like, I, I don't normally get excited. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, everybody, be quiet. Halftime show. Don't go to the bathroom. That, that's not typically me. That's going to be me this, week, this, this, this year. 
for sure. And, and so Ty says, oh, you have to see the promo for it. It's online uh, on NFL.com. And sure enough, I'm watching. I'm here in my studio. I'm watching the NFL Network, and they just showed the promo. You're right, Ty. Looks good. It's amazing. I'm so excited for it. It is huge for, obviously, hip-hop, for uh, the community out there on the West Coast. And just, you know, for the culture, you know, Dre, Snoop, M, Mary J, Kendrick, all coming together to perform, you know, for the halftime show. I know people get all excited about the commercials and obviously the game, you know, any um, combination of, of the AFC and NFC this year, we're looking at like what, you know, what the teams are that are remaining. We should get a, a, a gorgeous affair. But having this as the halftime show, I'm so excited. And I mentioned that I watched that trailer the other day got me so pumped for it i'm look. i'm really looking forward to it so am i so am i 800-919-3776 um all right let's go to our phone lines james in spring valley welcome in hey anita that halftime show is going to be amazing mm-hmm. I, i'm really excited for that 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 that's number one like for as a hip-hop fan i'm truly excited so that's you got to get that out the way the second thing, however, is obviously the Giants, the Giants coaching situation. Happy about Joe Shane. Heard nothing but positive things. I just heard you with some with Cynthia Freeland. And, you know, um, talking about Flores or Dable, um, your money's on, like, you're hearing Flores. But I would like Flores, too. But I, I don't know only because of what happened down in Miami. Um, how would he handle the media up in New York? And if him... Would you prefer him or would you prefer Dable from Buffalo who helped revive Josh Allen's career? And also, who's going to be the starting quarterback? That's another question. So who's the head coach between Dable and Flores? And who's the starting quarterback for the Giants in 2022? Thanks. Yeah, I I mean, those are are great questions, James. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. So a a few things to unpack there, right? And and what what does James mean in regard to uh, what happened with with Flores in, uh, in Miami? And, and again, this is all what's being reported, right? You know, and, and I think, you know, some of it is, is uh, rumor mill. Nobody's really putting their name on it. But apparently Flores uh, is a Deshaun Watson guy. And, oh, well, let me rewind. From what I understand and what's been communicated to me is that Flores really wanted Joe Burrow. Well, couldn't get him. Went number one overall to the Bengals. And, of course, we could understand why uh, Flores wanted Burrow. Um, From what I understand, he didn't necessarily want Tua. Ownership and general manager wanted Tua. So now you've got a a head coach who now has a quarterback he he didn't necessarily want. Now, I don't know if he wanted Herbert or not. From what I understand, his, his guy was Joe Burrow. Okay. So now he didn't get the quarterback he wanted. He doesn't have the quarterback he wants. And, of course, you know, we know that Tua has struggled. Um, I like to point that out every chance I, I make because I said that the, 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 the Dolphins should have dra- drafted Justin Herbert. The fact that they passed up on him is just ridiculous. But nonetheless, um, Flores really wanted the organization to, to get after Deshaun Watson, even though he's got 22 lawsuits. And from what I understand, Deshaun Watson's trying to work those out. However, that might be, you know, a big question mark here is, you know, what, what happens with those lawsuits? You know, you can't, I think it's, I think, you know, to, to ask an organization and an ownership to give up the farm 
for a player that you don't even know, is he going to be suspended by the NFL? How are these lawsuits going to pan out? There's so many question marks. I think that's extremely risky, and especially for the asking price that the Texans want for Deshaun Watson. So let's just let's shelf that for a minute. But other reports came out is that Brian Flores was so disgruntled about Tua um, that he was doing things to uh, limit his growth and his success. Even again, and these are rumors, I'm not reporting this, I'm just sharing with you what I've heard, that Flores was very instrumental in making sure that Tua was tested for PEDs after every game. And apparently um, there were uh, some players on the team that had found out about that, communicated it to Tua, and apparently Tua confronted Brian in a locker room after a game in front of the players, yelling and screaming at him and saying, this is unfair, this is unkind, and how can you treat somebody like this? So, uh, I mean, look, this is, this is, this is a, a Miami Dolphins team. They only won, what would they go, I, I want to say the first few weeks. What did they do, guys? Like one in four, one in five, one in six? And they, they started turned... one in seven, and then they went on there a seven-game winning streak. There you go. So uh, do, you, do you fire a head coach? that's able to turn an organization. They were, what, one win away, right? They were one win away and certain other things happening for them to get into the postseason this year. Do you fire a coach that is able to make that much of a, of, of a U-turn and get this organization, get this franchise this season in that type of competitive mode? Yeah, you could go back and you could say, oh, Nita, who did they play? They played sub-500 team. Okay, they don't control the schedule, but at least, you know, it's just, it's it's interesting to me, and I, and I wonder if Flores had that many issues with the players in that locker room. How did he get them to play so well and win that and go on that streak and win the, that many games? That has me wondering, mm, what's happening here? You know, are all these re- like I always say this, um, the, the the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So you know, somebody might be saying X, the other person is saying Y. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Don't always believe what you hear, but where there's smoke, there's fire, if that makes sense. So with that being said, you know, I, I do believe that there are some red flags out there in regard to, to Brian Flores. But at the same time, we don't know his side of the story. We don't know what happened with him. We don't know about his frustration with the organization. Listen, if I'm the head coach and it's my butt that's on the line each and every week getting reamed by the media... You know what? And it's my, one of my favorite quotes from Bill Parcells, right? Like, if I'm going to be the chef, I pick the ingredients. And if he wasn't able to pick the ingredients and Tua was not the quarterback he wanted, well, then every right. I wasn't. Tua wasn't the quarterback I wanted. I said they should have drafted Herbert. Now, again, I don't know if Herbert was his second choice or not. I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, that's, that's where the concerns lie. Now, second part of your question is, who's the quarterback for the Giants? Well, salary cap-wise, right now, it, it has to be Daniel Jones. This team is strapped big time. Uh, they do not have a lot of cap space, if any, to go out and do much right now. Now, what does that mean? Do they cut players? Do they call players, try to renegotiate their deals, re- renegotiate their contracts so that they can um, start moving money around so that they cr- can create more space? Is that going to be enough space for them to afford somebody, let's say, like a Russell Wilson? I don't think so. But listen, nothing is absolutely impossible. And, and, you know, I would imagine that, you know, Joe brings somebody in, a money guy who's 
wise and uh, probably went to some Ivy League school and, and, and maybe can finagle some things and, and make some space. I, I don't know. You know, a big reason why the other organization, the other, not organization, but the, the other regime with, with Gettleman, you know, you're committed. Gettleman went out and spent the money on Galladay. He's committed. He wants to see Galladay work out. So you don't want to cut Galladay because you're the one who brought him in and, and Giants can't cut him anyway. They lose too much money in dead, in, in dead cap space, dead cap money. So there's just, there's, there's a lot to be worked out here, but what I find very interesting, and I'll open up the phone lines, Richard, when we come back, you'll be first up 800-919-3776. And that is, if it is Flores, you know, would you want this organization to go out and try to do everything they can to make that trade to go get Deshaun Watson? It's, it's, it's a lot. The Texans want a lot. There's no, there's still, there's so many question marks in regard to how these 22 lawsuits, lawsuits are going to end up. You know, is he trying to negotiate settlements? From what I understand, that's what's happening. But what, how, how will Roger Goodell and the NFL come down on Deshaun Watson? Will they at all? There's just too many question marks for an organization to give up, let's say, three, four first-round draft picks. I mean, you're mortgaging your future for the next 10 to 15 years. So, you know, is that a caveat? Is that, is that something that, you know, Brian Flores comes to the organization and says, all right, you know, I'll be your head coach, but... This is the quarterback I want. I want Deshaun Watson. Former Giant player, Jay Bromley. Jay, it's been a minute, man. How are you? Anita, thank you for having me on. It's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while, man. I'm so grateful. But I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm hoping that the games this week are going to be better than last week. That's for sure. Some snoozers there. I don't know about you, but like four of the games I just turned off. It, it, after the first half, I, I couldn't even watch them. They were they were pretty horrible, you know. And and let, I mean, let's let's start right there because I'm really curious to get your thoughts. I just feel like you know I understand what the NFL is trying to do, like more games, extended playoffs. You know, we called last weekend Super Wild Card Weekend, but when the product is that bad, Jay, it's in my opinion, it's an embarrassment to the NFL. How do you feel like as a player watching some of those games last week, the Steelers? The Eagles, the Patriots, you're looking and saying, these teams don't believe don't belong in the postseason. What was going through your mind as you were watching this like subpar talent play last weekend? Um, you know, for the most part, man, I, I try to just enjoy the games for what they are. But like you said, when you when you sit there and look at it for what it is, like the Steelers, you know, barely scratching and getting in and, and showing why they didn't belong there. I get why people feel the way they do. But then, then you'll get a game like the um, the Rams and the Cardinals, and that game will look like a one versus seven seed too. So, I, you know, so so sometimes you, you really don't know what you're going to get. So I get that's why the NFL does it, because it's kind of like the Giants back in the day. You get in the wild card, you play every game on the road, you have no expectation of winning. And then sometimes you just hit a, hit a, a, a hot streak and you start winning. So I get what they want to kind of enforce, but it didn't work out last week. You know, Jay, when it, when it gets to this point in the season, and, and, and I know this is a special season because we had an extra game, what do, you think, what do you feel the most important part is for a team heading into the postseason that's going to help them win? Is it depth on the roster? Is it the healthiest team? Is it matchups? Um, is it a team peaking at the right time? Like, give me your top three uh, reasons why you think a team who 
like the Giants, may have finished the the season at uh, 500 and got into the postseason, but the, but made this unbelievable you know ride to win a Super Bowl. What are the three most important things you think for a team heading into the postseason, Jay? Number one, the war of attrition. The most healthy team is usually the team that goes the furthest. Um, that's just historical facts because you're just looking at uh, stars being healthy. Um, then you then you can say a team hitting their stride. You know, let's talk about the Buccaneers last year. You know, midway through the season, you thought that maybe they didn't have it in them. But once they started figuring things out and getting on the same page, that's when they start hitting their stride at the right time. And then, you know, those two. And then the third one probably would be just, man, who can play in the cold at the end of the day? You know, teams that can play in the cold, at least one team has to go through the cold in order to win. So who can run the ball effectively and, you know, have a good defense that can travel? Yeah. So, so, so then, so with that being said, because I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I, I said last week, I, I picked the, 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 pa- the Patriots to cover last week. I didn't think that they would drop an egg, but a big reason why is I thought the Patriots had a better rushing attack in those weather conditions. Sure enough, Devin Singletary showed up. Boy, has he been spectacular the last few weeks. And was I wrong? The Bills had the better rushing attack, especially with Josh Allen. So that's why let, let, let's start with the 49er Green Bay Packers game. Everybody's on the Green Bay Packers because, as we know, Aaron Rodgers is otherworldly. But weather conditions are going to be pretty bad. Again, I've got the NFL Network here up in my studio. It's snowing. It's going to be cold. It's going to be worse than what we saw in Buffalo last week. So, again, to me, team with the better rushing attack is going to win. And there's no there's no denying that Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell in that backfield for the 49ers is the better rushing team. So, I, I like the 49ers here as well to cover. I, I, I like the 49ers getting six. Are you with me here, or are you putting more stock in Aaron Rodgers? The number one thing in the NFL and in football period, which is what you see is quarterback play. The difference between any team at any level is quarterback play. If you have a quarterback, you have a chance, period, right? So when you have arguably one or two quarterback in the league, one or two top three quarterback in the league, you give yourself a chance no matter if you have a running attack or not because defenses, there's no perfect defense. Every defense has a hole. And when you play as long as Aaron Rodgers played, you know every single hole. And he has a good quarterback. He has a good, um, you know, receiving core. He has all these things. So the opportunity for him to make plays is always going to be there. So, honestly, I don't know if you can bet against Aaron Rodgers. You can kind of nullify Debo Samuels by defensively, you know, staying home, really, uh, you know, being patient with the eyes and the linebackers and the defensive ends. You can do things that can nullify Debo Samuels from being as effective, but there's no way you can negatively impact Aaron Rodgers. Only one way you can do that is if you hit him enough to make his timing go off where he's throwing the ball before he wants to. It's it's going to be an interesting game. Again, I'm leaning more 49ers just because Kyle Shanahan, the way that uh, he he can utilize Debo Samuel in a, in a variety of formations where I think defenses do not know what's coming. Uh, game number one, I jumped over. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans and Cincinnati. Uh, not really bad weather conditions here to worry about. This game is being played in Tennessee, but your thoughts on a team and this season, right? Only one in the AFC, one in the NFC got that first round by and now has to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. How much of an advantage do you think that is for Tennessee, considering now they've had two weeks to rest up and get ready for Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense? 
I think it's a great opportunity. It's just you get to sit back, you get to watch what the team did last week, you get an extra week of film that they might have thrown some wrinkles in there, you know, from Joe Burrow and everything that they did. And they played a really tough game. It wasn't a blowout game. They played a game that went down to the wire, so they, that still has its trailing effect. Um, the opportunity to get Derrick Henry back, that was the biggest advantage they had, the fact that they had an extra week to get, you know, he had almost 1,000 yards and he missed more, half of the season. You know, so this is the type of weapon you're getting back, a league MVP candidate any given year. So looking at that, they're coming. Talk about, you know, one of those qualities of hitting your stride and having everybody back healthy. That is the, the, the win that, you know, the Tennessee Titans are going to have going into this game. And let's take a look at the games on Sunday, right? And you've got the Rams going up against uh, the uh, the Bucks. And I'd love to talk to you about this because you know this better than anyone else. You've got you've got a Bucks offensive line. They're beat up. I do expect them to play, but how good are they going to be against Aaron Donald, Von Miller? And I think people uh, tend to forget that Leonard Floyd is a part of that front front seven as well. What do you expect here for Tom Brady on Sunday afternoon? Any great quarterback. I remember being with the Giants, and one of the focal points are always of. Of the defensive coordinators I was fortunate enough to play with, like Coach Spagnola was, when you're playing against great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, it doesn't matter what you do. They're going to figure the game out, and they're going to figure out how to get to their spots and get that out. The only thing you can do to help your team is hit them. That's why the Giants had so much success in, in, in 07 and in, in, in 10, because of how they hit the quarterback. So that is going to be the focal point of everything. So with the guys you said, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, um, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and all these different people, man, it's going to be an opportunity to hit the quarterback over and over again. And I think that's what they're going to do. Because you can't leave everybody one-on-one. You still got Von Miller, who's an excellent talent. And, and the opportunity is going to be there for him to do an excellent job. And Aaron Donald is a, is a sack waiting to happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm, – I'm probably more excited to see that game than anything else and uh, because we know Sunday night is the big one and that's what everybody else is is waiting to see and that's the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL Um, I was talking about this earlier before you came on I think the loss of Tredavious White in that backfield for the Buffalo Bills gives me uh, tells me advantage Kansas City what side are you on here Jay Buffalo is a tough team man. the defense is, is you know top defense in the league, and they don't have any pro bowlers. That shows you how much how much they're bought in their team, and everybody, you know, being accountable to the man next to them. You know, you know, uh, you know. I, I hold my shield as high as the man next to me. Sparta three hundred mentality, and it's a great opportunity. But Kansas City, man, Patrick Mahomes is hitting his stride. I remember what five or six games into the season, we thought they lost it. Right? We thought they didn't have it anymore. We thought that Kansas City was done for. That they no longer those trick plays and or that. That Andy Reid, you know, behind me combination was coming to a hole. But look at what they're doing now. They're finding their stride offensively. Great offense beats great defense any day. And that's what we're – and that's what's going to – I believe that's what we're going to see. All right. Uh, Jay Bromley, again, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, former Giant. Before we let you go, we i got to ask you, a lot happening with this Giants organization in the last 24 to 48 hours. And they hire a new general manager in Joe Shane. Your thoughts on the old regime – uh, you know, Gettleman is gone. Now Joe Shane is there. And now he has to deci- decide on, on a, a head coach as well. So your thoughts on what the Giants have done in the last 24 hours, Jay? They took a, a assistant general manager from a team that's built from the, you know, from the bottom up and, and built on defense. 
and you know, obviously having a great young quarterback in the in, in, with the Bills with Allen. So they really looked at that, and hopefully, some of that stuff that he brought to to them, he can bring to the Giants. You know, folk, you know, focus focusing on a young quarterback, focusing on building from the defensive side of the ball, and then finding offensive playmakers that can really help and, and put butts in seats. I think that opportunity is going to be there. Um, you know, everybody loves a fresh start. You know, give me a fresh start any day of the week, right? Because it just gives me an opportunity to start over with a fresh canvas. So I think that's what the Giants have. As far as head coaching candidates, man, there's Brian Flores is out there, right? I don't think he should have never got let go. That's a, that's a head scratcher to say the least. So there's some good candidates out there that, you know, New York needs a hard-nosed guy, but need a guy that's really going to, you know, really help the players bring it along, help the players really buy into what New York is. And that's just, you know, hard-nosed, hard-working people that just want to see people come and put the effort in. The wins will come, but let's just see the effort there. Uh, do you feel that the Giants should bring Daniel Jones back, Jay, or would you like to see them look at – have you seen enough – from Daniel Jones, or do you feel that uh, he deserves uh, another go-around with a new regime and and some more help on the offensive line? I'm I'm, I'm all about second chances and giving people opportunities. So I would say Daniel Jones should have an opportunity to compete. Do I think that he should just be the guy that they think they should just have? I don't think he's proven that he should just be the guy. He should just be handed the reins like that. I think he deserves the opportunity to compete and come back, you know, free from injury. And, and have that opportunity because ultimately every person that gets to the NFL, we're built off competition. We've competed for years in order to get to this spot. And it doesn't change every single year that you're in the NFL. You're competing for your job every single year. So, so that's no different. I think he, he deserves that opportunity. But I think they should be looking forward. If there's a guy out there, whether it be Pittsburgh or all these, good quarter, these young good quarterbacks or a trade for a, a established quarterback, you take that because you realize that you know, drafting a quarterback isn't as successful as taking a proven one. Great stuff, Jay. It's it's great to hear your voice. It's good to hear you again. Happy New Year. Much health in 2022 to you, and, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Anita. I really appreciate it, man. God bless you, and Happy New Year. You got it. Jay Bromley, former Giant, uh, with some great insight in regard to the four matchups we're going to see over the weekend. And of course his thoughts on the giants. We'll open up the phone lines. What are your thoughts on the giants? Come on, giants fans, new general manager and Joe Shane. What are your thoughts? Are you happy? Are you not? Are you excited for the future? How long, what, what, what's, what's going to be the time frame is to when this giants team can be competitive again in the NFC East. I think it's going to be a hot minute and, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm just thrilled, and if you listen to my shows, you know what I preach, and I'm just thrilled that they decided to just push the reset button across the entire board because that is your formula for success in the NFL. New general manager, have the general manager hire the head coach he wants to work with. They work in tandem with one another. They go out, they hire their scouting department. They identify and establish an identity an organizational culture, what they want to do moving forward, who they want to be on offense, who they want to be on defense. Therefore, they draft accordingly. But it's going to take a minute because here's the thing. The players that are in the stable right now, that are in the Giants' stable right now, might not necessarily coincide with the game plan and the identity that that Shane and whoever the head, new head coach is going to be, who, who th- what they want to develop. So I do believe it's going to take a minute. And as Giants fans, are you like, are you okay with that? Do you realize that? It's not like, 
you know, the organization's going to bring in Joe Shane and bring in a, a, a different head coach, and all of a sudden the Giants are going to compete to win the NFC East next year. Will they be competitive? <laughs> it's not like, it's, can they get any worse than this? Yeah, they can, but let's hopefully, hopefully they don't. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Gentlemen. This is Click. 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 Or don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, Anita, is the arrow pointing up for the New York football giants? Of course I'm clicking that. Of course you're clicking that. And of course, if you're a Giants fan, you have to feel this way because you just landed your general manager who has been widely regarded as one of the best candidates on the market, fresh out of Buffalo. It is Joe Shane. He was the Bills' assistant. He replaces Dave Gettleman. You can't get any worse than 1946. That was Gettleman in the four years he served as the GM of the Giants. So now... Shane becomes just the the fifth Giants general manager in the past 41 years. Here was Mike Tannebaum, who joined the Michael K. Show, you can hear every day from 3 to 7 p.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. He reflected on his time uh, with Joe Shane, the time that they spent together. Yeah, we uh, overlapped for a couple years and uh, know Joe well. And um, he's a good evaluator, uh, good report writer, uh, contributed to uh, our meetings and and draft process and – is a good evaluator and now you know the big question is you know taking that next step and uh you know i've been there you know it, it's one thing to have the skill set to get the job and now that you have the job it's you know all the things that you're really not prepared for which is obviously first and foremost to hire a head coach and hire a staff and have the right process and deal with all the unpredictable things that are inevitably going to happen from not getting your first or second candidate uh salary cap issues dealing with the new york media um and that's really the big X factor, and that's why sometimes coaches and GMs work out, and sometimes they don't because it's you're walking into a job that you've really never done before. So uh, Mike Tannenbaum talking about the time they spent together in Miami, and it, it looks like um, being uh, Brandon Bean in, in Buffalo isn't going to just allow um, Joe Shane to take his staff um, uh, from from Buffalo. So he's going to have to put together a staff, obviously, and that includes. Uh, a head coach, some names that have been floated around, Dan Quinn, Brian Dable, Brian Flores. So, Anita, who, who would you rank, like, who would you, who would you say you would like to see as the next Giant head coach? It's a great question. Uh, I'm a big Brian Flores fan. I don't like the reports that I'm hearing out of Miami in, in regard to um, how he treated Tua and how he treated some people down there. But, again, their reports – how much of it is factual? I always say there's three sides to every story. Somewhere in the middle lies the truth. So, um, but out of out of these four candidates, I, I would lean more towards Brian Flores. Uh, again, he's, from what I understand, is a big Deshaun Watson um, lobbyist. Does that mean Daniel Jones's days here are are slim to none? you know, is it, and I think it's, a, I think it's a fair question to say, you know, this is a very conservative organization. The Mara family, you know, is Deshaun Watson. One thing that gave Dave Gettleman prided himself of is, you know, not having, having, you know, uh, straight and narrow characters in that locker room. And that was a big reason why he got rid of a, a number of players that were really good, uh, but felt that the locker room needed to quote unquote, be cleaned out. 
So do they take a different course of action because they're just tired of losing and being 22 and 59 for the last five years? But, um, but for me, it's, it's, and I do know Dan Quinn. I love Dan Quinn a lot. I think Dan Quinn is great. Um, wouldn't be upset with Dan Quinn. I don't know Dable. Uh, I, I don't know Leslie like, like, you know, I've, 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 we've passed cross before we've crossed paths before, but I don't know him, know him. I've never had a conversation with him. Um, so, but my vote goes to, to, to Brian Flores. Yeah, and uh, just a a side note um, before Jake uh, chimes in here. Wanted to mention this while we were talking about the Giants. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but the Carolina Panthers are planning to hire Ben McAdoo as their mm. offensive coordinator. He, of course, okay. served as the head coach for the Giants. Uh, mm-hmm. Spent less than two seasons here. The first is weird because the first year they go 11-5. and five, They got the number two scoring defense. They get to the playoffs and ultimately lost to Green Bay. We know the boat trip game, but then... You know, before he could finish out year two, he was fired. And, you know, that whole debacle with Geno and, you know, Bench and Eli Manning. So he's got another job. He will be the uh, offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Jake? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I I mean, really, no, just just really quick, just to comment on that. Listen, we know Ben McAdoo in his tenure as a head coach here failed miserably. Um, but, you know, he has had success as an offensive coordinator. Some guys are just not built to be head coaches in the NFL. And I think Ben McAdoo might be one of them. So I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like write him off as a coordinator and say, oh, you know, he won't do a good job. Let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, again, he, he, he got his opportunity here because he did have success. Granted, he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, but nonetheless, we'll see what happens. Jake? All right. So we've talked a lot of football today, and for good reason. You know, the divisional round, a lot of people would say is one of, if not the best weekend of football. But I did want to kind of focus a little bit on hoops here. So my topic is Brooklyn's Big Two. Click or don't click. Yeah, and we know who they're talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Talk to me. Well, they did have a big three, but as many people know, uh, Kevin Durant will now be out. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said there's optimism within the organization that Durant will be able to take the floor again after a four to six week rehab. You know, he suffered uh, a really bad knee injury midway through the second quarter on Saturday, so they're going to be missing him for some time. And obviously, that's a huge loss. He's arguably again you know, the best player in the entire league. But they do have two other pretty good stars, and we saw that last night with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, who's back, and they were in San Antonio, so he was allowed to play. But James Harden had himself a game, 37 points and a triple-double, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, and Kyrie Irving also added in 24 points. The Nets, you know, people... They don't, we don't really talk about them as much as we talk about the Knicks here in New York, but the Nets, you know, silently and quietly are now the number one seed in the East. They have the same amount of wins as Miami and Milwaukee. But really, my question for you is, we've seen in the past that this big three has not really been on the court at the same time. We saw last year, you know, Kyrie Irving being out. James Harden wasn't really 100% in the playoffs. Kevin Durant kind of had to put the team on his back. And now with Durant going out, Kyrie is back in, so now they, again, only have two out of the three. So my question for you is, do they need all three superstars, Durant, Harden, and Irving, to win not just the championship, but to even win the Eastern Conference? I do believe I, I do believe so. I mean, listen, one thing that we've realized this season in the NBA, and, and, and I know this firsthand because I've been asked to handicap the NBA this season, and it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. 
because you don't you know night in and night out who's on who's on health protocols who's in you you've got to balance that along with um you know players resting uh game load management right um there's there's so many vari- variables here this season that y- you know absolutely with all these covid get- protocols i mean we've seen you know play teams getting hit at certain times, all of these G League players coming up and getting an opportunity. We're seeing yeah. players we haven't like, seen in 20 years, like Lance Stevenson and like, how about, how about this? Uh, Joe Johnson. G- G- Gabe Vincent. I-, I bet you don't even know who he is, right? <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, who? Okay, he plays. He he plays for the, he plays for the Miami Heat. He's mm-hmm. getting his he's getting his opportunity now uh, because the Heat have a number of players like uh, Hero and um, who else is off? I know Bam Bam's back, but anyway. Um, Bam so, Bam 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 Bigelow isn't he a wrestler? I didn't know. I didn't know you <laughs> no. were that close with that. I am bio. the yeah. I call him Bam Bam. You're on a Bam I, Bam level. I like anyway. that. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Bam Bam. Uh, anyway, um, so so Gabe Vincent has been getting his time. I've been crushing. I've been making a ton of money over points and assists with him. Um, he had, I want to say he had, uh, what, 14 points and nine assists last night. Yeah. In a weird way, as, as much as you don't want to see, you know, players go out, it is pretty cool to see players that would not get a chance in other circumstances actually get a chance. And some have really capitalized on that. So that's really cool. So, so to to answer your question, um, I don't think they need the big three in the, in, in the regular season, because again, you've got all these like you know, variables, right? Like COVID pro- protocol, health protocol, load management. So let me you ask know. you one more question, but when, Anita. But really quick, Jake, yes. when, they, when they get in, because I haven't answered your question yet. Mm-hmm. When they get into the postseason, that's all going to go away. And they're going to they're gonna need their best team. They're going to need the best three on the court in order to win. So right now in the, in, in the regular season, they, they, you know, they're skating through, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll win two, they'll lose one, they'll win three, they'll lose one. But once I get into the postseason, they're going to need all three on deck, hands I, down. I feel you. And we've seen they don't really care too much about the regular season. They're kind of a team that's like, let's just get there. We don't care if we're the one seed, the eight seed. Once we're there, we're going to be just as good as anyone else. But I was going to ask, so the mm-hmm. big three, obviously Duran is the best of the big three. But if the Nets could only have one of the two other parts of the big three, who would you say is more important to the Nets, Kyrie Irving or James Harden? James Harden. Yeah, that's that's pretty easy. Yeah. How is that easy? Well, because he's a, a facilitator. He makes other guys better. And he's available every freaking game. He makes other <laughs> guys better. He- well, that's fair. But again, to, to play kind of devil's advocate, I mean, some would say Kyrie Irving is more important to the Nets. Again, he is only available for the away games, but he is a champion. Mm-hmm. James Harden is not. Well, James Harden is a better player. Oh, James Harden, when he's right, is one of the seven best players in the league. So, and what what would Kyrie be? Kyrie's top ten, like top, top fifteen? No, Kyrie's like top fifteen. James oh Harden's wow! Top, top he went seven. from top ten to top fifteen. That's not a huge difference in the NBA. And again, they do have top three of the top fifteen. So when one person goes down, I don't feel bad for them. Again, once they play the Knicks, you know they the Knicks don't have even a top three player on the court. They have like the fourth or fifth best player. So I don't feel bad for the Nets, the Nets when they miss players, but I'm just saying it's not easily James Harden. No, it's it more easy. important. It's not it's easy. easy. It, I don't think very so. Easy. I definitely disagree with that. <laughs> it's, it's very easy. Uh, James Harden is more versatile in what he can do. Even when he's not scoring, he's facilitating. He helps them in pick and roll. Uh, he gets easier shots for, for guys like Kevin Durant coming off pen. He, he does more. Like Kyrie, it, it looks better because of um, the wizardry and the dribbling and the scoring. And, yes, he's hit big shots in the finals. But 
Uh, I don't know if anyone would argue he's a better player than Harden. Uh, real, real quick for you, Anita, got mm-hmm. some uh, Knicks news, courtesy okay. of Fred Katz, who covers the team for The Athletic. Uh, looks like Tom Thibodeau has said that Cam Reddish, who they acquired uh, about a week and a half ago from the Hawks, is healthy now. Uh, the quote is, we'll see where he is tomorrow. And uh, Fred Katz on Twitter added that it sounds like there's a good chance he will play tomorrow when the Knicks host the Clippers. So uh, could be some uh, good news on the horizon, getting another player uh, back into this rotation uh, for a Knicks team that has struggled. Uh, they, they're now 22-24 and 24 on the season. They've lost three straight games. And they're on the outside looking in. And they're not even involved in the playing matchup right now. They're out of the top 10. And if you look at their schedule coming up, uh, it's 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 not pretty. The next 16 games a- after tomorrow, they'll play 16 games. Three of those teams will will be um, opponents that are not in the top eight right now in the East or West. So 13 games of the next 16 will be against playoff teams, and you know that's gonna that's gonna be tough for the Knicks. Here was R.J. Barrett on the frustration emanating from that Knicks locker room right now. I think one, you know. Losing is frustrating. I think if we, I think if we didn't feel like that, then there would be a problem. So uh, I think one, the spirit of wanting to win is good. Hmm. Um. Listen, I'm excited to see what Cam Reddish can do. I, I love the trade. I don't feel that the Knicks lost a lot, especially how that that draft pick is protected to bring him in, and I think there's a lot he can do on both sides of the court. I, I, I think his athleticism and his length, I think it'll help them defensively, and we know that that's where really they've taken a step back because of the trades that they made prior to the season starting. So um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do, and, and again, I'm expecting him to contribute on both sides of the court. Yeah, and uh, just quickly, Anita, I know we got to get to a break. I don't know if you saw this. The uh, NFL and NFLPA agreed to halt daily COVID-19 testing for unvaccinated mm-hmm. players, aligning them with the protocols they developed last month for vaccinated players and coaches. So a lot of people are pointing out to what would have been the NFL's biggest nightmare, having Aaron Rodgers test positive for COVID prior to the Super Bowl. So it doesn't look like, you know, devoid of any symptoms developing for any of these guys, they'll be tested um, as frequently as they were. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a point that I made in I, I made earlier. If you recall, I want to say it was last week where, you know, because Aaron Rodgers. So, OK, so really quick. And I know we got to get into a break, but really quick um, out of the uh, the remaining teams in the NFL, uh, there are 12 players that are in the playoff that are unvaccinated. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those 12. And as I said, he came off of his um, testing holiday. 90 days because he tested positive and that was a concern is is you know if once he comes off of that he's got two weeks before the playoffs and if they would not have passed this he would have been had he would have had to have been tested every day can you imagine let's just say marinating this as we go to a break can you imagine the green bay packers win the nfc they move forward to let's just say i'm just going to throw this out to take on the kansas city chiefs in the super bowl and five days before the super bowl Aaron Rodgers test positive for uh, for COVID. Wah, wah, wah. You don't think that both the NFL and the NFLPA wanted this to pass? Absolutely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dollar, dollar. 
Dollar Dollar. Joe Wiz, 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. What's up, Joe? How you doing, man? How you doing, Anita? Great to be uh, on the air. It's an exciting uh, Saturday. It's the last Saturday of NFL action. Did you know that? Uh, I did. I did know that. Yeah. It's kind of it's bittersweet. It's kind of sad, if you ask me. So, um, but, uh, but hopefully this weekend's slate of games, a lot more competitive and a lot more entertaining than last week. Don't get me started. I've already spent too much time talking about uh, what a snoozer those were. So, uh, so let's dive right into it. First game, you got Tennessee and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you got and why? Well, the line uh, at Bet Rivers has the Titans favored by four, and the total in this game is a 48. Henry's expected to play. I'm expecting this to be a high-scoring affair. I like the over in this game. I lean small towards the Titans in this game, but I do think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. When Henry and Tannehill, Anita, when they both play on the field at the same time, since 2019, 28 of the 38 times they've played together, it has gone over the total. And even with Henry running the ball a lot, I think they're you know, trying to stop uh, Chase and Barrow's not going to be easy for the Titans, but um, I'm expecting some uh, fireworks here 48 total weather won't be a factor i'm going over okay so your plays in the over in the first game uh second game later on tonight we got the 49ers and the green bay packers weather conditions uh not looking good it's going to be quite cold what are you feeling here joe Well, we look at the line at Bet Rivers has five for Green Bay, uh, five and a half a little bit. Totals are 47. Um, earlier this season, I had picked Green Bay to win, the, win it all, and um, I like them. I think they're healthy. Um, and um, I know San Fran won last week at, San, uh, at Dallas. But right now, under, under LaFleur, uh, Green Bay has impressive 24-3 and at Lambeau and 19-8 and against the spread. Anything short of a Super Bowl victory for Rodgers would be a major disappointment. Um, and uh, the 49ers, um, Jimmy G., I'm not sure if he's 100%, even if he was. Um, I'm going with the best quarterback in the NFL, and that is Rodgers at home in the frozen tundra. Let's go, Pack. Okay. And uh, then on Sunday, we've got a very interesting one, considering that Tom Brady's offensive line is a shell of themselves. I do expect them to play. How effective will they be? That's really the big question mark. Uh, this line now has dropped to uh, minus two and a half in favor of the Bucks, It was at minus three and a half. Where are you here, Joe? Yeah, it's uh, two and a half Anita, as you mentioned. The totals are 48. Uh, we know that the Bucks score a lot of points at home. You know, every game this year in that home has gone over, with the exception of one game um, uh, where they've scored 30 or more points. That's uh, Brady is, uh, you know, it's hard to bet against Brady. Um, and I know that the, uh, everyone's on the Rams in this game here. Uh, I'm not betting against Brady. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've learned that lesson in the past. I won with them last year in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to ride with Tampa and let uh, Matt Stafford beat me. I'm going with Tampa. I'm laying the two and a half with the goat. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, yeah. Anita. I mean, everybody likes the Rams. Stafford last week played Who's Arizona. Everybody? Arizona for. Well, I mean, everybody. Well, the line, the line is dropped. Okay, so the public is on the Rams in this game. Okay, everyone knows about Tampa's injuries. The public is on the Rams. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So it's ironic that the uh, bookmakers are going to need Tampa tomorrow. um, And you know, the money's coming in. Otherwise, that line would have gone up. But the people, the money's coming in on the Rams. That line has dropped to two and a half. Maybe it'll go a little lower. Hey, we know the Bucks are banged up. But you know, when you have the best quarterback uh, of all time, uh, that's the biggest edge I give. Um, And you got to remember. 
remember, uh, the Rams are coming off a short week. I mean, they didn't have much opposition against Arizona, but that was a Monday night game. So now they go all the way from L.A. on a short week, and they got to travel. And we know the Rams have dominated the Bucks. They beat them in the early part of the season with no problem, and they beat them last year. But, you know, Brady, he plays his best ball in the postseason. And, um, you know, we're going to see a rematch with Green Bay and uh, Tampa next week. So, so just out of curiosity, okay, before we move on to the, the next game, if if by chance uh, this this Rams defense gets to to Tom and and you know he has a subpar game, and you, you still going to consider him the greatest of all time? Absolutely, but there's nothing that he he, he, he no matter what happens tomorrow uh, or tonight. There's the tomorrow I should say. There's nothing that's going to change my mind. I think Brady. I know uh, some people feel otherwise, but to me, I think. Brady is the best quarterback of all time and one of the best players ever in the NFL at any position. Okay. All right. Uh, Last game, the one that everybody's going to be waiting for, and that is the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City, this line's been fluctuating. uh, Minus two and a half, minus one, back up to minus one and a half. Uh, Who do you have here? Yeah, it's a really crazy line. I mean, I haven't seen so much disparity in a line in a game that's so significant. Um, you mentioned there is. You see pick-ems, one-and-a-halfs, twos, or whatever the case may be. Uh, it seems like the bookmakers can't make up their mind either on this game here. I mean, Buffalo looked like, uh, you know, scoring on seven straight possessions last week, which is insane. Kansas City, the only difference I see in this game, Anita, is the team that's at home. I mean, Buffalo and KC are just about as – they're just very good. Both of them are. And I don't find much differences. Mahomes was 30 of 39 last week against Pittsburgh, 404 yards. Um, I'm going with the home team. I'm going with KC against Buffalo. And Buffalo hasn't really impressed me that much, and I think that they were really motivated. Obviously, it was a playoff game, but they really wanted to rub it in in Belichick, and they certainly did. I haven't seen Bill look like that bad, uh, beating that bad ever in his career. But um, I think him traveling to Arrowhead with Mahomes, and almost a pick em, and um, that's where I found it. I, I did find a pick em there, and um, I, I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the home team. Uh, that's the only edge I see here. I think the quarterbacks are even, the, uh, maybe a little bit of an edge on Buffalo's defense, but traveling to Arrowhead, uh, I'm going with uh, Andy Reid, who has the experience and knows how to win these games. Okay. All right. Um, any, any NBA plays for us, or we've got a UFC 270 tonight? Yeah, when we take a look at it, this is going to be a great fight in Anaheim. Francis Iganu taking on Cyril Gaon. And uh, when you look at it here, Gaon's favorite in this one. He's 10-0. And, uh, and uh, Francis Iganu 16-3. And, and then, you know, take a look at these. This total cont- contrast of styles, Anita. Francis Iganu, he's, I mean, six foot four, 263 pounds, powerful and explosive. Um, and he's the dog, okay? Gaon is pretty much... Uh, more of a finesse martial artist guy, so he's going to be running around that 30-foot ring that they're going to be fighting in. Um, I like the dog here. I think uh, it's hard to bet against Iganyu. He's getting plus 130. He hits this gone one time. This guy might not get up. It's just a matter if he gets that right shot. Great stuff as always, Joe. Uh, enjoy the games later on this afternoon and tomorrow. Thank you very much. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.